0: Craig Cheney, who's over here somewhere, our architect, he said to me about a month ago or maybe longer, he said, man, you better come up with a really good sermon for that Sunday. (laughs) And then last night I had another dream. And I dreamed that I was changing behind these curtains and the wind blew and there I was. (laughs) Serious. So there's no pressure this morning whatsoever, okay? Really, what I want to do is I want to reminisce a little bit this morning in thanking everybody and then some people specifically. And then I'd just like to, from the scriptures, share a little of what's on my heart as far as uh, our relationship to the Lord and how great is our God. Amen. And so if someone else said to me, I know you're going to cry. <laughs> I've had a couple of those little uh, sessions already to see what God has done incredible. Who would have thought um, that he would be doing what he's doing? And someone said, congratulations, Kevin. I said, no, congratulations to us. This is what the Lord has done for us. And uh, as I want to share this morning, this building is fantastic. What God has done is fantastic. But there's something much more incredible about the Lord and us that far Rises way higher than anything we're sitting in this morning. But I'll tell you what, I love what we're sitting in this morning. <laughs> so if you turn to your Bibles, and we have a, we like to stand as in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah. They would stand as he read the word. So would you open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. And this really is just a launching point. Ephesians 2 and verse 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 10, and then I'll read from Hebrews 12, a couple passages that I believe are for, the, for us this morning uh, from God's word. And so in Ephesians chapter 2, and you were made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in what you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And then in Hebrews, the writer says in chapter 12, verses 1 through 3... lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Let's pray. So, Lord, as we have every Sunday and every Wednesday, as we open your word, we pray. Holy Spirit, come, bless, anoint, break the word fresh, and feed us this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We are dependent upon your Holy Spirit to teach us and guide us. Jesus, as you said he would. You would teach us all things, bring to remembrance whatsoever you've commanded us. We know it's the spirit of God working through the word of God to change the people of God. You said we're not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. You said, Lord, this battle that takes place is for our minds. And so this morning, Lord, we're asking you to grant to us the heart to hear and, Lord, to then take heed. And learn and grow this morning from your word, by your spirit, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. You can be seated. So a new chapter, four things I want to kind of divide it up into as I thought of a new chapter for us and for our church. A new chapter is a part of a whole story. A new chapter is an addition to an ongoing story. Every chapter is necessary for a complete story. And then finally... Every story begins and ends with an author. And so a new chapter is a part of a whole story. Let me take the first few minutes and reminisce with you and also thank some people. Uh, In fact, I want to thank all of you, but some people this morning. I begin with this. Calvary Chapel South began and was birthed in a prayer meeting. Uh, a few guys from Calvary Fellowship in Seattle were meeting at a prayer breakfast down in Tuckwilla. In fact, it was a gambling joint. It's interesting that our men's prayer meetings have been in gambling joints often. Or when we leave, they become a gambling joint. But when we're praying, we're not gambling. Amen. As we pray, God hears us. God's pleased with our prayers. Jesus has promised that when we ask, we will receive. When we seek, we will find. When we knock, it will be open. Those are the promises of God that are ours through prayer. He said, whatsoever you ask, believing, you will receive. He said, I pray, I'm, at, when we pray, that we, our joy will be full. So the question beginning is, how is our life doing in the prayer in the prayer room? Because as goes our prayer life, so goes our intimacy and fellowship with God. And so goes the different chapters of our lives that God is taking us through. Calvary Chapel South was birthed through prayer. Let's begin the whole part of Calvary Chapel and what's gone on. That we are here this morning in answer to the prayers of many, many people. That's why we're in this building this morning. There has been many, I can tell you there's been years of praying through what God would be doing in taking us along this road of buildings. (laughs) Our determination as a church is that prayer will continue to be the most important foundational stone upon which we are building. That we will be a house, in fact Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. So if we are not a praying house, we are not Jesus' house. So we want to continue in that understanding and that conviction that when we pray, God is pleased. You know, the enemy comes in and says, well, God's not hearing your prayers. But that's not what God said. So when we're listening to that, we're not listening to the right voice. God said, when we pray, he is pleased. Now, does that mean that he's pleased with my sin? Not at all. But where are you going to go with your sin? Where are you going to go with your problems? Where are you going to go with your failures? The only one we can go to and really see him changing us through the power of his Holy Spirit is God. That's why Hebrews 4.12 says, let us come boldly to the throne of what? Grace. What is grace? It's God giving us what we don't deserve. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. So when I sin, when I offend God, When I do these things that are not pleasing to him, I must come to that throne of grace and receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What we need is what Abraham needed, and that is God with us. And he is with us, and he's given to us this place of prayer that when we ask, we will receive that our joy may be full Prayer is our part. Provision, power, and direction are God's. Philippians says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That literally means there'll be a soldier of God's army standing guard over your heart to give you peace. I've prayed, I've committed to the Lord, my anxieties and all these things. I said, God, I need you. I prayed to you. Now, God send your peace. I know that in him all things are possible. My pastor, Chuck Smith, used to say, if you strive to gain, you will strive to maintain. In other words, if we're striving along as a church and we're trying to do all these things in the energies of our own ideas and flesh then we're gonna, we can continue keeping that going, but we're going to have to continue to, to strive to maintain that. What we want is to know what God wants and then follow his leading through prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, when we, when we turn around and look, we say, God, thank you for what you've done. Can you hear an amen? God began Calvary Chapel South in the minds of some men and the desires of our hearts to see God do something in the south end. And here we are. You saw some of the pictures of what it was like in the beginning. God, we trust, is pleased with our desire to trust him through prayer to lead us and guide us. Partnering with Jesus is our privileged part as a part of his body. We have to hear from him who is the head. Can I hear an amen on that? There's only one head of the church. It's Jesus. Jesus said, I will build my church, and if Jesus builds it, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, we'll be going forward, taking back enemy territory. What's enemy territory? Well, enemy territory are the souls of people who are held bondage to their sin and blindness and don't know Jesus. So Paul said the gospel is the light of the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ that shines. How does it shine? It shines through his church. It shines through us partnering with him in humble obedience To his commands, his commissionings, so that he receives the glory. We rest there. Now to him who is able to exceedingly, Paul wrote to the Ephesians. To him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory. Can you hear another amen? Got to get you guys going here this morning. Now, another part of this building story is this. It would take a long time to name everyone who has partnered with us as we're partnering with the Lord. It would take a long, long time. I'd like to do something this morning, and I hope that you will, well, no, you will, okay. (laughs) You will do this. (laughs) I'm going to ask that if you had any part in this project. Now, you might think that your part was just some insignificant part, but it wasn't. The whole body joined together. Others joining with us. If you've had any part, you might think, well, I've done really nothing. Have you prayed? And We just got done talking about the, the foundation. If you've prayed for the project, if you've given of your time, your talents, your treasures, in any way to this project, I'd just like you to stand this morning. You have to do this, okay? This is what God's done. We're all a part of what the Lord has done in this building. And I'd like to just, all of us, just thank the Lord together for what he's done. (laughs) Stay standing another minute. You can see what God's done in partnering us together in seeing this thing come to pass. Well, actually, it's not quite come to pass. So, Joe, wherever you are, we're not done yet, okay? There's some more things that we're looking at this morning. (laughs) I will tell you that those who have been managing the different aspects of this uh, project, daily, almost daily, they will be saying, I will be saying, we are so thankful for the people who have been helping. Now, maybe you haven't heard those thank yous from maybe directly, But know this, we thank you with all our hearts for what you've done. Amen. Now you can be seated. Now as I go on, I want to mention a few other names this morning. These do not attend Calvary South, and there is forgiveness. (laughs) But I do want to thank them, and I think I speak for us, to you, who I'm going to mention as we go through some of these thoughts that I have. A new chapter is not only just a part of a whole story, it's an addition to an ongoing story. And you who I will mention as well as many, maybe you're here this morning just because your friends are from far, I wanna tell you that you've been a great addition to our little family endeavor here at Calvary Chapel South. Now, every story has a plot. It might be man versus man. It might be man versus the supernatural. In this case, it's man versus the building, okay? That's the plot. (laughs) A new chapter, as it's introduced, it introduces new characters, it adds new details, it throws in some twists and turns along the way of the story, and that's what really keeps the story moving and interesting, and that's also what keeps the reader moved and interested. And so, as we've invested together, we have a a, a vested interest in the in what's happening, the twists and turns, and also for the new characters that have been introduced. Now, as I look out here this morning, there's a lot of characters sitting out here. (laughs) A lot of you guys are real characters, and I've learned about that along the way here. Many of you were first, we were first introduced a long time ago. I'm looking at Bob and Dana Taylor, who were with us in our first Bible study in Tukwila. And in that first Bible study, the South End Bible study, was this funky little place in Tukwila and one side of it we had to heat by turning on the gas burners on a stove so our children were warm. Don't tell the city of Tuckwilla that, okay? <laughs> so we've known each other for years. God has brought us through the building after building. It was first it was the Renton High School, well it's Tuckwilla Community Hall, Tuckwilla Community Center, Renton High School. From there we went to West Valley Corporate Business Center for our weekly meetings, still meeting at Renton High School. We wound up then in the pay and pack mall the last 13 years in the city, in the Kent Elementary. So some of you are here visiting also that were there in the beginning. And we were introduced a long time ago and we so appreciate the years together, do we not? There are others of you here that we've just met. We're new acquaintances and we've, maybe we've met through the building and working on the project. Some of you, we've, I've never met, but I would look forward to doing so. Here's the deal. No matter what church we may go to, God gives us the characters. He adds the details. He adds twists and turns. So our relationships, and through our relationships, discovery, we will discover what it means to not only love, but be loved by God. That's what's going on. That's the greater work of God in bringing us together, partnering in this project. We discover that we have nicks and scratches all over our walls. We discover that we have circuits that are faulty and switches that don't work. We discover that we have dumpsters that are overloaded. Can I hear an amen? You know, one thing wonderful about Christianity and the cross, I I love going to the, I love filling up dumpsters. And I love seeing the truck come along and haul it away and bring it back empty. That's what God does with our sin because of what Jesus did on the cross. And in all of our relationships, we must keep that in mind. Can you hear an amen? That. The same dumpster that I load my sin into is the one that Jesus paid so that you could load your stuff into. And it was taken away through the blood of Jesus Christ, crucified on the cross for our sin. Now, that's why he does it. How does he do it? By laboring and partnering together as people who need and understand our need for one another. Let me tell you a story about my friend Joe Poland. Joe, where are you? Probably don't want to raise his hand. He's afraid of what I'm going to say. Joe's right back here. Joe is our superintendent. Has been on the job. Joe, we thank you so much for all you've done. Now, let me tell you a little story. We had our weekly owners' meetings, and I attended those, and a couple guys from Calvary Chapel, along with Joe and Bill Lentz, and we had an owners' meeting every week in which we go over the. The to-do schedule. Here's what needs to happen. Craig was also there. So as these first couple meetings took place, and we were going over the to-do list, I would say something like, well, no, I think it sh- we should do it like this. And there'd be these dialogues back and forth of what the no and the do. So then Joe would say, well, no, I think we should do this. And then somebody else might say, but Joe and I had these, these uh, discussions on our first couple meetings. And Joe told me later, he said, you know, I heard you say no and do, and I said to myself, who is this guy? <laughs> he didn't know me. I didn't really know him. He didn't know my background uh, personally or even in construction. And so he'd go, who is this guy? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm running the job. He didn't tell me this, but I'll, I'll, if I can, Joe, if I can a little, you know, make it a little better story maybe. <laughs> 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 well, as we kept meeting... Details were added. Twists and turns came up. And through those meetings and through the last, what's it been? Five, six months. (sighs) Joe and I got to know each other. And we can smile now, because you know what Joe calls me? Noah. (laughs) And you know what I call Joe? Joe. Dua. (laughs) So we go out, hey, Noah, Dua, and that's our name, right, Joe? Hey, again, Joe, I love you, man. I appreciate all you've done. It's been awesome. And I'm going to miss you, but I don't think you want to stay around as long as Noah. That's about 100 years, okay, to get the job done. I think you're happy to move on, right? Kind of. (laughs) I'd like, Not only do I want to thank uh, Joe, I want to thank all of Ryan Construction. I know some of you are here. I saw you coming in this morning. Would you, from, if you don't mind, humor us a little bit, would you just stand for a moment uh, from Ryan Construction? I know that many of you are here this morning. <clears throat> There's Don and Ryan and Bill and Joe. Uh, that were essential to what happened uh, here at Calvary Chapel South in this building. And we are so thankful. I remember when we first got together and we were interviewing general contractors. What struck us was your sincere love of the Lord and your desire to partner with churches so that we could fulfill our vision. And in our time with you and the discussions we've had with you, let me tell you, you, you have our exceedingly great recommendation for all that you've done. You have, you have served us with integrity. You've been honest with us and open, and it has been a fantastic ride with you guys too. We, we are very thankful for what you've done. Now, remember, we're not done yet, okay? <laughs> this is not the end of the road yet. The chapter hasn't been closed, but we, we appreciate all you've done, guys. Thanks. Can I share a scripture with you that I, that's on my heart as far as Ryan Construction that Paul wrote to Timothy. and He said this, I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. For all seek their own and not the things which are Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character. That as a son, Paul talking about Timothy, with his father he served with me in the gospel. I feel like you're part of our family now. I feel like there's been a genuineness, a sincerity, an integrity, much like what Paul was writing about, Timothy. You cared for our state. You work with us. And I know in many ways that would have never happened with other general contractors. So again, thank you for that. You become family to us. Now, every chapter is necessary for a complete story. There are certain chapters that hold the whole story together. Certain chapters that without which the story would either lose a lot of its momentum or not even be a story at all. May I say that the chapter that, that, would, that would be the heading of the chapter for that in this building, the purchase and remodeling this building is where God guides, God provides. That chapter must be in the story and remain in the story. Can you hear an amen on that? It's necessary. Our finances have been tested, but our faith has been strengthened. Excuse me a second. This thing keeps wiggling. Hello? Is it all right? (laughs) Where God guides, God provides. Number one, God has provided through your tithes, your offerings, and other special financial gifts. God has provided through a loan from CCCU. And so this morning, I'm thanking the Lord. We are thanking God for putting the necessary things in place through which we, rece- we were able to approve for this loan. I'm thankful for Kelly Coons. I'm thankful for Dave Naren. I'm thankful for Shelly Ryan. I'm thankful for for, uh, Mike Garcia and CCCU. By the way, the first three I mentioned, as you know, come to Calvary. They were on the the building team, and they were essentially necessary for what God did. Incredible gift to us. And so can we thank Kelly and Dave and Shelly, among others, as far as the financial end of things? Mike Garcia and a, a gal named Dorothy, who I've never met, were, in, were just great to work with. They, they worked out this whole process with us. Stacks of paperwork, stacks of signatures, stacks of spreadsheets, and Shelly particularly handled those masterfully, culminating in us first purchasing the building, this building, and I think it was in August of last year. Am I right on that? Someone say, Kelly? Is that right? August of last year. And then approved for construction in April of this year. So the Lord provided through this loan from CCCU. Now, we, listen, we guesstimate, this is a guesstimate, that your part in volunteering your labor added up to a savings of about $250,000. One quarter of a million dollars in what would have been on our bill was removed Or not ever there because of the labor and volunteer that God provided through you. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for your hard labor, your work among us. It's incredible. Now, I asked Brent to guesstimate the number of volunteer hours. Now, this is Brent. So you got to understand, Brent's the detail guy. So he guesstimated, (laughs) okay, how many hours were put in voluntarily voluntarily for the building project, this is what he came up with, 18,856, oh, there it is, okay, 16, I just want to make it a better story, <laughs> yeah, it is 16, I need my glasses, okay, by the time we're done. yeah, Uh, your diligence, skills, and selfless labor, selfless labor literally have blown away those f- who have been managing this project. It's been incredible. Many of our subcontractors have said that to me. So from henceforth, we shall be known as the Church of Worker Bees. <laughs> We're going to bees a testimony, okay? Okay. <laughs> Now, I do want to, at this point, brag a little bit on our church, if you don't mind. If I were to ask Craig, so Craig, what's it been like compared to other churches? You just got to do that. You know, that's what pastors do. They compare to other churches. (laughs) You've worked with us now, and what's it been like compared to other churches to work with Calvary? And I know what he'd say. It's been absolutely fantastic. Amazing. If I were to ask Joe, who is here day in and day out, Joe, you know, what's it been like compared to other churches to work with Calvary Chapel South? And he would probably ask me, well, is that with you or without you? (laughs) You know, I'm kidding. He'd say, well, it's been absolutely fantastic. Now, the only reason I know that is because I asked him. I love you guys. I appreciate so much what God has given to us as a family. Finally, God has provided in this beautiful building a mortgage that is one half what it would cost us to lease far less space than what we have here. Half. We would still, even if we went and leased a building, have to put hundreds of thousands of dollars into a building that is not ours and for someone who would be determining themselves whether we can stay or or remain. What God has done here is he's the landlord. And he has given this to us as a stewardship for us as a church. With that, amen, with that... With this new building now, and I feel the weight of this. I understand that. I think the guys on the building team and we as a church understand. Now we have a stewardship given to us by God that requires our responsibility. So with that, we have an opportunity now to see God work even greater ways. Through our, do you ever find this, finances? That God works in your life the most? And that is so true. True. But brothers and sisters at Calvary Chapel South, and I trust as I'm sharing with our church, you who are here visiting, will catch a little bit of the heartbeat that we have here where God guides, God provides. And we're going to keep that as a principal part of what we do here as a church. As we pray and ask, we will receive. As we seek, we will find. As we knock, God will open the doors. And he opened this door for us. I have to believe he's got some way better and greater things going now that we're here. And our desire is that this building will beat with the heartbeat of Jesus Christ. That this place will not be a money changer table place. It will be a house of prayer. You know, it's interesting if you read the Bible, one time when Jesus was in his one of his most uh, emotional, fervent states was when they were making money off of God's people and preventing them from experiencing God for who he is. He drove out the money changers. He said, my house should be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. May God never not keep us on that track where God guides, God provides. It's a huge blessing. Now, let me turn the corner a little bit here. Every story begins and ends with an author. Craig Cheney would never want me to say he's the author of what's going on here. And I understand that, and that's not what I'm saying. Because when we started this whole thing, searching for the building, and then when we gave our offer, and then we sat down about the building, and as Craig's looking it over and looking at our finances and we're trying to, Craig said, well, you know, maybe this building's not for you. And we were wondering the same thing. So it's not like we had this clear vision. Here's the building. Oh, I can see it. It's gonna happen and yeah. And I was sort of like, okay, what do you think? And we've all been along for the ride, all of us. And let me tell you, it's been a great ride. But all the way along, as we've been just taking one step at a time. And I think the Lord is very practical. He's given us brains, as my wife says. He expects us to use them. And as we put our, our hand to the plow and we keep going, God begins leading and directing and clarifying and bringing to pass what we see now in this building. Now, this is, this is how it began. These are the plans for the building. Now, these, these are humongous. Craig, you remember drawing these? <laughs> We got the plans on paper. We got the permits into the city of Kent. And we waited. And we waited. You know, I was encouraged when I started thinking about the building projects in the Bible. The first one that I see there that God was sanctioning, not the Tower of Babel, but that God was sanctioning, (laughs) was when Noah was building the ark. A hundred plus years on God's building project. Hey, praise the Lord. It hasn't been a hundred years. But we, we were waiting. Moses, you know how long Moses took Moses to build a tent in the wilderness? Two years. You think you have problems when you're camping. It took him two years to build that tent. But it was a special tent. I get it, okay? The tabernacle. You know, with, uh, with Solomon, it took him 13 years to build his house. And then seven years to build the temple. Hey, how long did it take us? Less than a year, I think. Now, there is an exception in the building projects. That's Nehemiah. You know how long it took Nehemiah to build the walls? 52 days. But you know what? Do you know why it only took him 52 days? There were no permit processes. There were no building (laughs) codes. He just went there and built. I mean, that would be great if we could do that. (laughs) And then I see Herod's building project. It took him 46 years to remodel the second temple. Thinking, Lord, thank you. It didn't even take a year. But all I'm telling you, sometimes it felt like a year. Now, this is what also happened. This is a 3D printout of our building. Rich Greer had this made for us. So, have you ever seen these? This is sort of a little model of what we are now in reality. So we had the plans. We had this little 3D thing. (laughs) And now I hold in my hand. It's temporary. But it is a temporary occupancy for me. So I would just tell you, we didn't have a clear, like, oh, yeah, see the path, follow it. But Craig, it's been a great ride, sometimes a little roller coaster. But as I told Craig earlier, I said, hey, I'm so thankful for your driving. Sometimes it was a roller coaster, other times it was like we're in a limo, getting a little tour of the facility. Craig, I so, I'm telling you, I can't, I can't tell you how many people look at this and go, wow. This was in Craig's mind, his eye. He could see it, he began to put it on paper and here we are now in the real deal. Now, let me, let me branch a little bit just with a thought. You know, the Bible is God's blueprint for life. And in his plans, he's laid out what it, what it is to have a full, rich life. Some of you might be here this morning, and you do not know that full, rich life. You can take and look at the plans. You might look at some model, but you don't have the real deal in your own life. You haven't moved to that next chapter in which God is now real to you. You might look at someone and they have the reality of God and you're saying, man, I would like that. You might read the Bible and say, boy, that all sounds for the most part like something that I would like to know more about. But you see, only your decision can take you from God's plans and seeing other models to the Occupancy of the Holy Spirit as reality in your life. It's a decision. It's interesting, there's video games now. You can choose the ending that you want. Yeah, did you know that? You probably know that. I mean, you, you got the video games, oh, well, I want this ending or that ending. In fact, even in movies now, when you get them, you can have a different ending on the movie. Well, you know, that's much like our decision and what's going to be the end for us? When the, when the end is written, where will our lives have been moved to? What will be the defining chapter in your life this morning? What will take you from what you see and what you think to experiencing what God has promised? It's a decision. Decision to take the step. You may not see and be able to see even anywhere down the road. But there's a step that God said, if you'll take it, I'll open up another door. I'll open up a path. I'll direct you. And sometimes it's going to be a roller coaster. And sometimes it's going to be like the limo where the author and finisher of our faith is taking us along. And we're just so privileged and powerfully promised that God himself is in the driver's seat. God is the author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews says that. And so finally, there's one person who this morning we give the greatest thanks and honor above all others. All others. And that is God. And let me tell you. We give him thanks for this building, for what's happened here. Now, some of you who haven't been along for the ride. Some of you who haven't come to a place of the reality of a relationship with God for you. You might be thinking, you know, that's almost irrational. That's crazy. You're going to thank God? God didn't do anything. The reason that Calvary Chapel South is is in this building is because LA Fitness owned this building and they were willing to sell it to us for less than what we originally offered. And that is true and it's amazing. You might say the reason that you're in here is because there were real estate people who knew how to go about negotiating a purchase and sale agreement. And that is true. You might say, well, the reason that you're in here this morning has nothing to do with God what it has to do is that there was an institution called Christian Community Credit Union who had the resources to lend to you in order to get the project done and that is true you might say you know the reason that you're here the reason that this building looks the way it does is because there was an architect who could see it and there was a a general contractor who could build it and that is true you might see, say, well, the reason you're here is because of all these people. What are you thanking God for? These people, thank them. And we are thanking you for that. People who gave generously. In fact, they gave so generously that what was not originally going to be able to be done is now done. And I thank you for that. And the pastors thank you for that. We have offices upstairs in the second floor. <laughs> well, God didn't do that. You did that. And let me tell you, I know. I <laughs> know. I did some of that as well as a lot of you. You may be saying, well, the people with all the skills, they could demo it and rebuild it, this 32,000 square. That's, but to go, thank God, that's, that, that's crazy. That's irrational. And it's an amazing story with amazing people that I'm standing before this morning that I love and appreciate. What a story even apart from God. But let me ask you a question, most of you. If it weren't for God, would you even be here? If it weren't for God, would you even have it on your heart to give as you've given and sacrifice as you've sacrificed? The reason we give our greatest thanks and honor to God is because we know the heart of God. And in knowing the heart of God, we now see the hand of God. And because of his heart toward us, we understand his hand in leading and guiding and providing. It's all of God. He is the owner of everything. He created all things. Solomon, I think, captured this perfectly. When in 1 Kings, as he's dedicating the temple after seven years of a building project, Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven and said, Lord God of Israel, there's no God in heaven above or on earth below like you who keep your covenant and mercy with your servants who walk before you with all their hearts. But will God indeed dwell on earth? Remember, picture Solomon. Will God indeed dwell on earth? Behold, heaven and the heavens of heavens cannot contain you, how much less this building that I have made. Solomon had the right perspective. He said, we build a house for the Lord, but God is everywhere. Now, here's what he said. Yet regard the prayer of your servant and his supplication, O Lord, And listen to the cry and the prayer which your servant is praying before you today. And when you hear, forgive. You see, the heart of God is the heart that forgives. The heart of God and you who were dead in trespasses and sins, he has made alive. In Christ, God took our ruined lives. He took the devastation of sin to all humanity. And John tells us no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten who is in the heart of God made him, uh, revealed him. Jesus Christ is the heart of God. So when Paul writes to the Ephesians, and you who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, And we're by nature children of wrath, just as others. Then he says this, and you, verse 4, but God. So why do we thank God? Because in knowing the heart of God, we see the hand of God. And for all that God has done for us, as we give of our lives to him, he pours out his blessings upon our lives and blesses us with buildings and many other things. But the greatest story is not this building, nor is it anything that we might fashion in our minds or with our hands. The greatest story is the story of Jesus Christ and his love for us. The greatest story is that he came into this world that he created and laid down his life on a cross to tell us without any question, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I died for you. I'll walk you through every chapter of your life. And Romans says, and we know that all things work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are called according to his purposes. There are these ongoing stories in this room of the testimony of God and Jesus Christ. And so the value of this building is somewhere probably around $3, 4000000 million. But the value of your soul is priceless. And it doesn't matter how many great financiers there may be. We could combine all the currencies of the world that still would not be sufficient to pay the price that Jesus paid so that you might know the heart of God. He sent him to redeem us. He sent us to rescue us from death and to reconcile us to himself. And so again, he sets out two choices, life or death. When will that chapter be written of your life? If it's already been written, Ephesians says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has a lot of chapters to get right. He's writing now if you've known him and are walking with him. And then it says in Ephesians in closing, that in the ages to come, He might show us the riches of his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And the picture is simply this. Live your life for Christ and enjoy what he's doing. Thank him for being with you. Know that he is. Give him thanks for all things that are going on. But know this, you ain't seen nothing yet. In Ephesians, the picture there is, it's as though our life, which is but a vapor, is just one page in the volumes and volumes of the things that we've yet to know about the heart of God. And the ages to come, he is going to show us the exceeding riches of his grace. What's grace again? What we don't deserve. In his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Jesus is really the chapter, the book, the life. And Jesus himself said that. To know the heart of God is to see the hand of God. I have no idea what time it is. What time is it? See, that's what there's no clock on the back. I sorry. Can I just read my final notes here? The same story of Jesus that we were telling in Tuckwilla Community Center with the burners going in the next room. Is the same story we were telling West Valley Corporate Center. Pay and Pack Mall, Ken Elementary. It's the same story we're going to be telling here every Sunday and every Wednesday and every week. We used to sing a song when I was young. And I know they still sing it now. Where they sing hymns. And we do sing hymns. And I think this story is, uh, this uh, hymn needs to be sung. Tell me the old, old story. Of unseen, excuse me. Of unseen things above. Of Jesus and his glory. Of Jesus and his love. Tell me these stories simply as to a little child. For I am weak and weary and helpless and defiled. Tell me the sl- story slowly that I may take it in. The wonderful, that wonderful redemption, God's remedy for sin tell me the story often for i forget so soon the early dew of morning has passed away at noon tell me the same old story when you have cause to fear that this world's empty glory is costing me too dear tell me the story always if you would really be in any time of trouble a comfort to me Tell me the old, old story. Tell me the old, old story. Tell me the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Amen. Stand because first service and we're already late. (laughs) Lord, we thank you this morning. I thank you. Lord, it's been a, a different Sunday morning just because of the work that has been completed and the occupancy we have in this building and the many, many people that we want to thank. But Lord, ultimately, as I stand here, as we stand together, we thank you for all that you have accomplished, not only in this church and building, but Lord, more importantly, what you've done for us in our individual lives. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you thanksgiving. We honor you, Lord, as first and foremost in all things. And then, Lord, we know that we, if we honor you, you will honor us. And you will bless us because that's your nature. That's who you are. So, Lord, there's a many, many ways that we could be praying. But my prayer is for all of us here this morning in the different ways that we're, the different spheres of influence, different jobs, and all those things. Lord, please put your hand upon us. Grant us that we may be able to look unto you, the Author and Finisher of our faith. And Lord, you be able to bless as we're we're following after you. You be able to bless and lead us in paths of righteousness and blessing. Bless our church, Lord. Bless Calvary Chapel South. Bless us, Lord, as those who are prayer, praying a prayer, a house of prayer. Bless us, Lord, in those who give and those who are. Lord, managing and stewarding and leading us, please, Lord, pour out your spirit on Calvary Chapel South and bless the work that's going on here, we ask.